Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show, with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker, all things Sunderland. The Wise Men Say Preview Show with Sun FM, of course. Myself and Gareth are joined by the Sunderland Echoes, Phil Smith, tonight, and we're going to talk about the upcoming Reading game. We're going to hear from Chris Coleman, and I promise we're going to read out some of your tweets, because I keep asking you to provide us with tweets and questions, and you do, and then... The content's that mint, Gareth, isn't it? That we just don't have time to fit these in. Something like that, yeah. You're I think we just be, get. I think we just get. Yeah, yeah. And I think we just get um, carried away with talking about things, and then we run out of time. Sometimes we think, "Oh, thank God, we have got these tweets because we're running out of stuff to say," <laughs> and then, it, like, when then we run out of time. So don't imply we run out of stuff to say. Well, you mean we've always got Plan B and Plan C and Plan C. Plan C, twice there. Plan B, Plan C and Plan C. The integration's coming out of me more and more. (laughs) I'll tell you what, because myself and Phil were just having a discussion about uh, Chris Coleman on the way over again compared to Grayson. The way he conducts himself, shall we say. That's a Ben O'Say on that one, isn't it? It is. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, because we mentioned tweets, so I'm going to do a shout-out straight away from an impressive one here. Detective Mittens at Marty Moonpie. I'll be at nice Lake... combo of names. <laughs> I'll be at Lake Titicaca in Bolivia. No, no very that well. One right. No, very well. Yeah, you, you do. Yeah, <laughs> um, for Saturday's match and Thursday's preview show, which is this. Give me a shout out, and I'll hopefully find a bar to watch our first home win. The pictures you put on Twitter look like it was a desert of some sort. So mm. I'm not sure if there's going to be a bar that's going to have the the Sunderland game <laughs> on it's Sunderland very, Reading. Uh, it's a very dry lake, isn't it? Uh, Lake Titicaca, by the look of it, it's a, actually was a desert. It's one of those things. It's like it's like a, a banter lake. You get there, and there's no lake. I well, I've got, I've give you. I have done the shout out for you, Marty, but I think <clears throat> you've been very optimistic. If you think you're going to find a bar to watch Sunderland against Reading in the Championship, in, well, if he's got in a desert in Bolivia, if you if you can get somewhere Wi-Fi, you could watch well, on his phone. That, can't th- he? There's probably more chance you could catch it over somewhere like that yeah, than yeah, in England, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, you could watch it on his phone. It's amazing, isn't Using it? The I think I think you'd have to ask serious questions if somebody was showing that game as to what what kind of clientele they were expecting. Um, people from Sunderland. Well, it's quite, a, it's quite a niche market, isn't it? The, the Sunderland Reading in game Bolivia, in Bolivia, yeah. yeah. You'd have thought yeah, so. Yeah, big um, mining community probably in Bolivia, <laughs> isn't there? Near Lake Titicaca, very dry land, um, and a lot of people moved out there um, in the eighties. That's my theory, anyway. Maybe it's like the Yapstam draw. Maybe maybe Reading are huge and. Bolivia because he ups down. Who knows? I don't know why, whether Marty is uh, just touring those kind of places in South America. South America, Bolivia, those isn't it? kind of places. Or whether it's like a world <laughs> wide Bolivia's, tour. Yeah. You Bolivia's of this of world. world, yeah. 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 Honduras <laughs> is Central America. Is Bolivia's in Central America? I don't know, see. Cause South America. When we were at school, it was just North and South, and Central was, was less prominent when you were talking about those countries. Yeah, and now it's very much Central North you just lump them in, mm. just lump them in together. Into South, yeah, normally, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, South America, Honduras, <laughs> same South America, they're not. 
Costa Rica, that's central, isn't it? It is, yeah. But that would have been South America anyway. We're, we're just anyway, about yeah, we're just talking about we're just random countries. school days in the eighties yeah. in Grindon. Yeah, it's like it's, <laughs> this is a basically trial run for Peter Kay's new material. Like he's remember remember countries from the eighties that were in South America, but were actually in the Central Belt. Remember, and then he does that for forty minutes, and it'll cost you about fifty quid. Enjoy if you're going. Carry on, Stephen. Enjoy it. Shall I just carry on with the tweets? Yeah, first, do that. We yeah, just yeah. do that. Um, you were tweeting out a day. I'm guessing it was you from the Wiseman say account, Gareth, about the, just the impact. Was it a Col- good tweet? No, it was rubbish. It wasn't me. Then. I know uh, about the impact Coleman's having and wanting to to listen to what he what he says. Mm. Um, and the fair good factor you, you can't deny. And sometimes you can't really explain that, can you? It's not logical. Sometimes you just you just there's just an instant connection between fans and manager. We have have had. Um, few tweets about that actually um away 501 long long time listener it all feels a bit like when Keane took over if we can get a bit of momentum we will take some stopping or am i getting carried away and matty mid which midsy 89 all of coleman's interviews are always really positive and upbeat seems to place a huge emphasis on mentality and mindset too which is something only allardyce and Keane really addressed and graham quinn Quinny GA got my first tickets since the Forest game this weekend. I said I wanted to see a positive change before I'd come back, so I'm keeping my end of the deal. Nice that, isn't it? Yes. Any indication like, well, of ticket sales or anything? Does anybody know? I'd be interested to see the crowd there the weekend. Have you given any indication today, Phil? Or? Don't look at me. It's not like it's my job. Or well, I thought you <laughs> might like in conversation over a, over a mince pie. In the You're a journalist, Phil. You, you yeah. should know yeah. this. I, I should, but I'm not going to pretend. You shouldn't really. Do an expose um, on the ticket office. Yeah, well, I'll give you something to do tomorrow. No, I don't know. But I think um, I think it's it's certainly been really nice for me to, to put things out there that the manager's saying and f- for people to have a positive response to it. I mean, it's interesting in a way because the messages aren't hugely different to the messages for Simon Grayson, but people just didn't quite buy it with Simon Grayson and that's fine. For the whatever to- reason... The tone was the same, but you, the delivery's very different. Yeah, you, for whatever reason, people just buy it with Coleman and that's kind of what I was saying to you on our way in. Grayson just came in from Preston and people just didn't quite buy it. The players clearly didn't because of their performances. Coleman, because of what he's done with Wales, because of the things he's done in his career, he's almost earned that respect and that aura that he's now got, because he probably didn't have that himself earlier in his career. But it's such a big change for someone to be coming into Sunderland on the back of a massive success in their own career, someone to be coming in on a, on a real high note, and it's kind of just carried through from where he left off at Wales. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's made a really, really, really nice change. I think what he was saying today about um, you know how to deal with the situation at the stadium light and saying look get on with it and you know think about all the positive things that are associated and rather than letting your shoulders drop and you should have if you've got a good teammates and good team spirit if you make a mistake one of them will come over and you know pick you up again and all that kind of stuff and you know all the stuff he's saying is I would I wouldn't say it's you know, I think there's a bit of depth to it compared to Simon Grace I think Simon Grace was kind of saying the right things but did he really believe himself that he could deliver it? Did he just assume it would happen with a few wins? You got to put. A He's process. an analogy. He's like writing an assignment, but not putting references in. And Poss- Coleman well, puts okay, all his references in. What kind of referencing? Harvard. 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 Yeah. But yeah, I guess so. I mean, it just does feel like. I do feel excited for the game. I, mean, I remember writing a piece for the Echo a little while ago, and I did. I was saying basically, you just you just feel like a vessel going to the match, and you sit there. 
and watch it unfold then you get up and you go home and there's, there's no connection to what's happening on the pitch there's no excitement on the way at the ground there's just the the inevitability of defeat hangs in the air and you know the mistakes happen and people get annoyed and there's booing and frustrations are aired um, and there's no doesn't fit did feel as though it was possible to turn that around in 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 some ways now i don't think it's just the win at, at burton that's done it obviously it helps winning helps but i don't know it just feel it feels different it's irrational um and you know if we if we lose the next two or three games then i'm sure we'll be having a different conversation in in, in a few weeks time but it, i don't know it just feels something feels different i think um one of the things where Coleman's a, a big departure from probably from Grayson and probably from David Moyes as well. Someone who does ri- remind me an awful lot of when he speaks is Sam Allardyce and the way he talks about the mental side of the game, the psychological aspect of the game. I think that's my personal opinion is that Sunderland's been massively neglected at Sunderland in the last season or two. And that was what Big Sam did brilliantly. Take the other factors away from the game for the players and just concentrate on the tactics, concentrate on each other, mm-hmm. concentrate on what you're trying to do. And I think that's been his constant message and you actually saw that on Saturday because the Burton game was a bit of a grind for large periods. There was large periods of the game where Sunderland were just getting nowhere, but they had that patience, they stuck with it. And we talk about ending this home run, and that's exactly what you've got to do. You've got to take everything else out of it and just focus. And he's very, very similar to Sam Allardyce in the way he talks about that and the way he talks about mm. clearing players' heads. And I think I think that's long overdue because I think it's an area of the game that's, that's gone kind of missing at Sunderland in recent mm. times. And he, re- he referenced, didn't he, because he was asked... Um, Naturally, he was asked about the fans' reaction and how sometimes it can have a negative effect on the players. And he was just saying that it's it's a side issue. You've got to just put that out of your mind and concentrate on the game plan. And it was also put to him about how Sunderland have started some of those games really strongly this season, uh, not got anywhere, and then the opposition go up and score. And he was saying it needs to be more measured and, and more controlled. Well, so you, you just hope he can get that across to the players because it's all well and good getting it across to us as fans. I mean, the, you look at it instant impacts on individuals I don't think anyone's performance dipped generally since he's in the two games he's played um, but you look at someone like Gibson who looked terrible under Grace and all of a sudden he's got a bit more about him Asoro who everyone was talking about 12 months ago who seems to have Regret. He's still out on that one. It, 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 he, yeah, is, he, he, he is. You but, know, he beat one defender and put no, a ball no, across. But he so did we've all, seen that before with but players. He did, he did all, but you compare it to his performance against Bury when he came on in the cup, and then he had a, he had a decent showing at Villa when he came on, and then he's had a decent showing at Burton. And the issue the issue that he had in the previous games, I remember watching him at Hartlepool, he couldn't get past the fullback, and that was a fullback who was playing in the non-league at that point. So. He's he's managed to beat beat the fullback, and is that that's got to be self belief, and how has Coleman's already instilled self belief in that in that individual, um, and and that's I'm not getting carried away in saying he's you know he's he's done this and that with these players, but you've got to acknowledge there's been an, an instant improvement in certain individuals. Well, there is as well, because if we, 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 we've we all talked about the positivity of the substitutions and how great that was, and of course it's true, the substitutions changed the game. But a month ago, six weeks ago, if someone had brought on Vaughan Gibson and Asoro, that's not something that as a support would have made you go, oh, brilliant, you know, that's the, those are the substitutions that are going to change the game. So it is interesting that he was able to get something out of those players. I mean, Gibson and Vaughan were, were so much more effective than they have been recently. I'm kind of with Stephen on a solo. I've seen him have 
so many bad games in the twenty threes this year that I'm just kind of mm. reserving judgment, kind of oh, do a consistent because yeah, it's just one moment really that wasn't it. But you know, yeah, fair yeah. fair play to him because he came on and showed a bit of bravery and seized the initiative, which is what you want. But from he didn't. He didn't. My point was more where he looked a fish out of the water in the other games I've referenced. In these ones, mm. he he didn't. And, and and that bodes well because you know you've got a lot of players out injured and if if Coleman can can keep things ticking with these players and improve their levels when these other players are coming back from injury and suddenly there's a bit of competition there that just lifts the whole place and you just get that extra that extra snap in training and games so early very very early days and you've got to remember that we've got Wolves and Fulham coming up after Redham which you wouldn't be surprised if there was a little dip then because those teams are are excellent I in think what they do Wolves but, definitely but Fulham you've got you've got a chance against Fulham. Um, Wolves are ridiculous. I've seen them a few yeah. times this season. In the Man City they, in the Premier League they, and they, Wolves they, in the Championship oh, look like the uh, they would they the runaway leaders. Don't they would be mid-table in the way they're playing in the Premier League yeah, without a doubt. No problem at all. Some of the goals that they scored and their movement. But anyway, I'm sure we'll talk about Wolves in, in well, next week. Jason Big asks uh, or tweets to us um, reports coming out of Graben being recalled. Where would that leave us, and is it likely where we'll hear from Chris Coleman on that? We've not heard anything from Bournemouth to suggest that would happen. I think the player's fairly happy here regarding Lewis, although I'm sure on the back of what he's done here this season, there'll be plenty of admirers. Lewis is, uh, we hope, going to be here for the, uh, the remainder of the season. That's going to present a massive problem for Sunderland, Phil, isn't it, in January, if uh, somebody decides they want to go on make an offer for him and, and take him away from Bournemouth? It is, yeah, because there are, there are a couple of teams, obviously Wolves and Fulham are the ones that are interested who need a striker and who if it came to a sort of a bidding war for a permanent sign and Sunderland just couldn't compete with it at the moment. And he's going to go to Wolves, top of the league, isn't he, let's be honest? Yeah, of course he is. And the football of Wolves and Fulham plays perfect for Lewis Graben as well, all between the lines, all in defeat. But what Coleman did go, go on to say was that he already had his January, well, his transfer targets lined up going forward and that the possibility of Graben being recalled was part of that. Um, so it's something that they are actively planning for. Um, ultimately, sound right for Sunderland, that does it. It does well, exactly. <laughs> but you know, listen, Sunderland are powerless in this situation because um, the reason they got grabbing was because it was such a, a a good deal financially because they didn't have the money. Bournemouth wanted him out because they knew to sell him in the future they needed him playing. He was no good rotting in the reserves because they wouldn't be able to sell him on in January. So that's why he's here on the deal that he is. So it's a situation that's just out of Sunderland's control. But obviously will take some comfort for the time being anyway that you know the Coleman is aware that it might happen and he's certainly making putting plans in place should it happen. And Josh Madge is not ready yet, is he, fitness wise? Not quite, no. I th- I think he's probably a couple of more under twenty threes games away. I think he's ready for first team football when mm. he is fully fit. I really do. I've seen in a way that I had my doubts with the Soro in terms of his physicality and his consistency, I've got no doubts whatsoever on that front with Madger I, I think he's ready it's just a case of getting him fit and not rushing him and because it would be a, a, a real waste for a player of his age to lose any longer with injury Adrian and Peter Stamp are both asking us about Benji Kimbioka he's a, he's 12 a good, goals in the eight game he's, he's, a, he's a great talent and, and what I really like about Benji Kimbioka is he scored, he scored loads of goals in the under 18s and you look at that and you think well fine he's playing against people of his age he's taller than them he's a bit quicker than them physically he's a bit further ahead what you really look out for is when he goes into the under-23s. When I've seen him in the under-23s, he's been able to cope with it physically. And he, he hasn't been quite the same player he has been in the under-18s. But he's looked really good, and that's a big tick for me. It's going up into the next level and still looking like you can handle yourself. 
Um, I think he's a real talent, but he's still he's still too young for, for first team football, definitely. Are there new aims for Sunderland guys this season now with Coleman? That's one win he's had out of two games, so we can't get carried away. But you know, we're football fans, so we want to be optimistic. I don't. I want to say we want to dream, but you know, finishing mid-table in the championships not the bit, um, most ambitious or not I the greatest of dreams, is it? But a, a few people are asking us that. Um, Lee Barker, very early days for Coleman, but given the positivity and lift he's already given everyone, what's a realistic league position come the end of the season? Paul Harrison, should I book my hotel room for the playoff final yet? <laughs> and Paul Jakes, who's another long-term listener. My fiver at two thousand to one for us to get promoted says I am getting carried away. <laughs> See, there's zero chance they're going to make no. the playoffs. I mean, you need. I was, was looking at. Well, I was curious about. Ian Dowie anyway. did it at Palace. Remember the year they knocked us out. It doesn't happen very often. Doesn't. It's so not going to. No. I think the average points I think for six is about seventy-one, seventy-two points. Um, and so we'd need two. We need to do a Wolves in the second half of the season. Till the end of the season, so basically we'd need to win twenty games until the end of the season. That ain't going to happen. Um, and also, though, conversely, a lot of people bringing up um, the fact that Blackburn got relegated with fifty-one points last season. That is an anomaly because if you look at the Championship, the average is about forty-four to stay up 44-45 so if you get a point a game you'd probably be alright they were the West Ham of the Championship were they? so 51 is was quite a way above if you look back over the last five seasons it was I mean one season I think someone went down with 40 so you're looking at 45 points plus to stay up so that's got to be the goal we need 31 points from 26 games don't we to, to stay up I, I still just think if we're talking about it it may sound a little bit pessimistic but I still think if we're talking at the end of the season, if Sunderland is a championship team, when we can then look forward to the summer yeah, and Coleman yeah. having a summer, for me, that's a success, given where we were about a week, ten days into the manager search. You feel like success will be going into the final five, six, seven games, Safe. not in a relegation battle. Yeah, and they're you? talking about what people like Benji Kimpy or yeah. should we throw them in the team and have a look at them and that kind of thing That's that for me would be a massive success if we're in that situation in the last few games and we've talked about that one being the Premier League before we never have that opportunity you know if we can create that opportunity in the Championship that would be a positive for in the season where we're looking at 6-7 games where we can have a good look at Madger you can have a good look at Kimpy you can have a good look at Soro you can give people like Gooch more of an opportunity all those sorts of things present themselves if if you get yourself safe with, with a good few games to go I think that's a good aim um, and if we finish mid-table given the start we've had with the momentum that would bring and then looking hopefully into the summer and going what what are the what, what which players can we bring in and, and then go right you have a go at it again and I think you know I think a better start you'd be thinking better start next season and then you're in the mix for, for for finishing further up the table but that's getting well ahead anyway it certainly is right well uh, Tom Hale from Sun FM spoke to our Reading guest for us it is Courtney Friday and he writes for the Reading Chronicle and Tom caught up with him earlier if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips and adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wise Men Say, Sun FM preview show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. All right then, Connie, uh, the Reading season so far, what, what, how would you rate it? Uh, it's been a bit up and down. Um, obviously, they didn't, they didn't start as well as they would have hoped to do. I think the... The playoff heartbreak was definitely um, definitely a big factor. I think similarly that teams had worked them out, whereas last year I think the way that Stan played, it was such a surprise to so many teams in the division. But I think now that teams have worked them out, you know, it's been a stuttering start. They looked like they were going to hit form again. Uh, it was quite an emphatic win away at Derby, uh, then dipped again afterwards. Decent win in, in midweek, so... Hopefully it'll be uh, back to winning ways from now on, but yeah, it's certainly been a, it's certainly been up and down to say the least. Yeah, I mean three 0 three 0 over Barnsley. The inconsistency is it's pulled pulled the team back really, hasn't it so far? Yeah, I, I just think it, they go through patches where I mean, if you look at the Barnsley game, you know, for instance, you know, they didn't actually play that well. If you look at the two games before that when they played against uh, Wolves and Sheffield United, uh, Sheffield Wednesday, sorry. You know, I think there were far better performances, but Reading didn't finish their chances. I think that's the difference. You know, they either seem to, you know, play reasonably poorly and finish their chances, or you know, play great football and and can't hit a barn door. And you think you mentioned before about obviously the heartbreaking defeat in the playoff final back in uh, back in May. Do you think that is is they are suffering a bit of a hangover from it? Yeah, I, I think certainly. I, I, having spoken to some of the play, or spoken to most of the players, some of them are. Are more forthcoming about it than others, but yeah, no, I, I think it was at the end of the day, no one expected them to get to where they got to last season, um, and I think to get there, you know, they were literally a kick away from the Premier League. I mean, it, it's obviously going to take its toll, and there, you know, a lot of young players in that squad as well, um, who obviously don't have you know, as much experience. So I think it would have been particularly devastating for them. But you know, hopefully, now they can uh, start to pull through it again and, and climb back up the table. Yeah, Yap Stam, of course, is. Dutch football, he, he seems to have brought that, a different style of football to Reading when he first arrived. I mean, do you do the fans like it the way that Reading have been playing since his uh, since his arrival? 
Uh, <laughs> I think that's a hard question. I think for fans, for the most part, enjoy it when Reading are winning. I think it's quite quickly uh, an excuse among supporters of when Reading start losing. Um, I, I think it was a surprise. I, I, obviously, like I said, I don't think anyone had really seen it uh, before, especially in this division. Um, so I, I, I do think some fans are perhaps slightly impatient um, with, with the style of play. But then I, I do understand their frustrations. You know, people pay a lot of money, so they, they want to see exciting football. It can be dull at times, but, you know, like I said, they, they, they finished third in the league last season you know, and you know, with a very small budget as well. So I think yeah, some of the criticism of the, the style of play is quite unfair. Yeah, and of course, that, that exciting football, do you think the Championship maybe holds it back sometimes? Uh, I, I wouldn't say the Championship holds it back. I, I, I've seen plenty of teams that, that, that do play exciting football. Um, I, I think maybe Stam is he's quite set in his ways. I think he is he is adamant he's going to play a certain way. I mean, if, if you need an example, they're obviously going up to to Man United last season in the FA Cup. Uh, you know, it, it's not the place for a team like Reading to go go and try and keep the ball. But Stam was determined that he was going to do it. So no, I wouldn't say it, it was the Championship's fault necessarily. Yeah. And just looking ahead to the game uh, on Saturday. When, what do you what do you make of it? What would you expect from the game going up to uh, the Stadium of Light? I think it's going to be tough. I mean, Stadium of Light is always is always a tough trip. Um, obviously, Sunderland haven't had the best of the starts of the season. But obviously, getting the win last week against Burton, I think that will give them a, a big lift. Chris Coleman coming in, uh, he's obviously a motivator. I mean, you, you look at the squad that he took to the you know to the semi-finals of the Euros. So, if there's anyone that knows how to get a, a group of players together, it's him. Um, so no, it, it, it's going to be tough. It, it's one of those games where I think I'm. <laughs> Given current form, you, you perhaps would expect Reading to go and win, but historically that's the the sort of game that Reading tend to slip up in. So no, I, I definitely think it's going to be tough. Yeah, and I mean the appointment of Chris Coleman. What do you make of that? I mean, there was a lot of people that were surprised by his by his appointment. What, did you did you feel the same? Uh, truthfully speaking, I, I thought it was brave. I, I thought it was a brave a brave job for him to take. Um, given the current situation at, at Sunderland. I was quite surprised, obviously, with, with the situation at Swansea, that perhaps he didn't try and hold out and see what happens there um, to see if he could land that job. But, no, yeah, it, it, it's a brave move. And, you know, all, all the best to him. Sunderland's obviously a great club and, you know, don't deserve to be to be scrapping for their lives down at the bottom of the championship. So, you know, hopefully he can he can pull it together. But, yeah, no, I, I certainly thought it was brave. And just lastly, then, what would you... Going forward with Reading for the rest of the season, what would you class as a successful year? What do you expect from the rest of the year for Yapstam side? Uh, that's a tough question. I think, I think the playoffs still have to be the target. I think we're from from beating Barnsley, we're we're nine points off sixth place. Um, so it's only three wins. It, it, it's a tough it's a tough division. I, I understand that. Given the investment over the summer, uh, you know the players they brought in uh, and the achievements last season, I, I think it's still quite reasonable for Reading, Reading fans to expect them to achieve sixth place. Whether they'll do it or not, I don't know. The, the consistency certainly has to be has to be addressed. Wise men say Sun FM preview show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Okay, thanks to Courtney for that. There. Okay, won't be. Of any consolation to Simon Grayson, to David Moyes, but you do get a feeling and a sense that if Reading were to score early at the weekend, it's not going to be the whole deja vu thing and head slumped into hands. 
which is unfortunate, but the early connection between manager and fans suggests, Phil, that the players are going to be afforded a little bit more patience. Definitely, yeah. And you know, you think back to this kind of the, the Roy Keane days and, and Peter Egon before that, you always thought someone was going to win at home, particularly in this league. And even if they conceded first, in some ways, that almost helped the atmosphere because when the game kicked off again, you get that huge roar. And they scored so many late goals and so many second half goals in those days that it almost used to lift the atmosphere mm. when they conceded first. And I hope that that's kind of the message the team have got from the Burton game. S- stay in it, use the crowd, bring them in late on. Because if in ordinary circumstances at the stadium, like if the game's level after 60, 65 minutes, Sunderland should go on to win that game seven or eight times out of ten because that's when the home support really comes in. It's not the first 20 minutes, it's the last 20 minutes where historically they've proven they can make such a huge impact. And I think that's where Coleman can definitely help that because I think people believe in him and they'll stay with the team if they go behind. Um, and hopefully that experience of Burton will just calm the players a little bit as well if things don't quite go their way early on. And in an ideal world, yes, of course, up to this point you you, you would say, because somebody who isn't a Sunderland fan, for example, could be listening now and saying, well, you should do that every week. You know, So when Millwall score, you should be doing that. And God knows who else has scored against us at the stadium like this year. QPR have scored, you should be doing that. But... It's not realistic because you're taking the human nature, the human element out of that then, aren't you? And what this hopefully is, is a reboot and a fresh start for everybody. Even when Grayson was a new manager, there was still that hangover from the relegation. And this should be the reset button now. Well, I think if you look at you know when we conceded against Derby in the first game, I think there was that raw. And I think that was a bit of a reset because we had, you know, in the Championship, it wasn't like we're in the Premier League. And the malaise at time, it's just purely down to our terrible home record and it's not like individual incidents in games that have caused it it's a you know it's like a, a boxer going you know 12 rounds heavyweight boxer getting punched in the head repeatedly and it's like the old school 15 rounds of heavyweights used to do but the you know the i think you know what, what um coleman said about the players you know putting mistakes out the head and um you know helping each other pick each other up and you know, slap each other in the back and say, "Come on, forget about it, move on." You know, and, and do what you're capable of. You know, an element of that can probably be, hopefully, applied to the support. And you know, rather than having negativity swirling around, you know, get a bit of if a, we can get a bit of positivity going, it'll lift everybody. You know, and that siege mentality, you know, that 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 could be massive for us. I think if we can get a big crowd there um, at the weekend and, and we can win the game. I think that that what Chris was saying about getting the the club rocking and rolling again. I think that could be the start of that, and I think it's. I'm really nervous about the game at the weekend because I just think it holds so much importance. Like you were saying about the fact we've got Wolves and Fulham are tougher games, you could argue than than Reading, um, and the, the the significance of the result last week and that lift at the end of the game when he went over and, and cajoled everybody, and we need to to keep that going. Because if we don't, people are going to lose faith as quickly as they gained it again. Now, I'm not saying I think people are still buying to Coleman and everything, but a negative result at this stage with the games we've got coming, you know. It, you sound like you're going to have your head in your hands if Redden score early, Gareth. You I've just got to don't. Be honest. I, I just, you know, I, <laughs> I just hope. I just hope. We need the bullish. I just hope for every. I just hope for everybody will win the game because we need it. You know, we, we need we need to win the game. We, we need that lift. He needs that for the momentum. He needs it to get 
because I believe what he says, if he gets, see we've got 27 in the ground at the moment, we can get 32, 33, 34 at this level, and we get them in the ground and everybody on side, and the atmosphere is good, and I think that'll be enough to carry the players through in the games. We've said repeatedly that there's been you know, cigarette papers between the, the teams at times, and, and, and we keep losing it rather than winning it. I don't think we've ever been completely outclassed in any game we've played this, this year, apart from... I wouldn't say we're outclassed against Ipswich, we were just dreadful. But we just need to to just get a foothold and build on what we had last week. And I think then people start to come back, people still believe. And I think that's a massive part of what Coleman's going to bring, is belief in belief on the terraces but and belief in the team and together. You know, we, we just need that at the moment. OK, well, we're on Tom Hill. Caught up with Chris Coleman today. Club management for a little while. Are you looking forward to sort of the, the heavy Christmas schedule coming up? Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a shock to the system for my family because they used to having me around. But um, I think uh, you know, as an international manager, you go to games and you look you look at the managers in the dugouts, and even some of them when you're going through such tough times and you're tearing your hair out and so much stress and pressure, you still you still miss that environment. It's like a like an addiction really um, once you've sampled it then when you're out of it you miss it um, so I'm looking forward to it yeah I'm looking forward to the games coming up I'm looking forward to the the competition of it all um, and seeing where we fare and seeing can we can we put something together can we make sure that you know we, we can build on performance after performance and so that's quite exciting for me I know it's going to be tough and it's a heavy schedule and um, you know we need to get some players back fit, but um, nevertheless, uh, it's a challenge. At the end of the day, that's all it is, and you're either, you're either going to be up for it and meet it, uh, or you, you don't have what it takes. There's, there's, no, there's no other outcomes, you know. So uh, I, I look at it as a challenge. Yeah, I mean, some managers sometimes don't like that amount of games that are there, but it's is a chance, short time, the club to put your stamp on the club and put your stamp on the on the players. It, 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 it's there. There's nothing we can do about it. We've been saying for years and years that we should have a winter's break in this country. I, I can't ever, ever see it happening. I've managed abroad, and I've seen the impact it has on players having that little break. Um, it's more mental than physical. Um, and I see the the impact when they, they come back after having a few weeks off. The second half of the season, again, is very bright. I think the big negative of our season is, is it can be long monotonous and draining and you know the people who suffer are the supporters because they start seeing football that's not of a great quality um, the players are tired physically and mentally uh, they also see some exciting games because players make mistakes uh, and that's hard for us as managers and coaches this is a huge knock on effect you know uh, but it is what it is we've always known it's coming um, and uh, there's always a good atmosphere over Christmas and you can pick up a lot of points quickly because the games are thick and fast, which changes your season, or you can reverse that and you can drop a few places in no time at all. Um, so it is a very, very important, and it's an exciting period, I think, for for football fans over, over Christmas because things, situations can change really, really quickly. Yeah, and just laughing from me, we saw we touched it before, like the way you were at the end of the game, you quickly bought into the, the passion from the fans and showed yourself on new. Well, I think I didn't. Um, I wasn't trying to buy in the, you know, Sunderland fans. Of, we, we, we always know how passionate they are. I think like, you can't can't come here and pretend, and you c you can't manufacture um, 
you've got passion and you haven't. And I think I wasn't at the end of the game again. I was just saying thank you to them. It was a big afternoon for us. It was a well-earned three points and they travelled a long way. So they, our, our fans, I like, I like to see them singing for the players, um, supporting the players like they do. And I like to see our players receiving it, performing and giving it back to the supporters. And then that's when you got a happy bunch. Regardless of me doing whatever, whatever I do, you know, it was that was just me thanking them because they deserved the thanks from all of us for for staying with us in what is a very tough time at the minute. But they're still here, and do you know what? They'll be here in five years, and they'll be there in ten years because they support this team. Simple as that. And this is my time passing through. I've already just said in the last interview, the least I can give them is everything I got, which which I promise I will. Um, and uh, hopefully, you know, then that will be uh, between the team and the supporters a good, healthy relationship. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland. Chris discussed the uh, Christmas period there. By the way, we call him Chris. I'd call him Chris. You called him Chris rather than Coleman. We wouldn't have said Simon. We could go Christopher. Christopher Coleman, no, no, like, I think like David Besant. Well, your own David Besant. <laughs> yeah. Well, Rafa gets Rafa, doesn't he? So we should have Chris. Let's I, go I, with Chris. I prefer Coleman. I don't think he's a first yeah. name kind of. I think he likes to have that little bit of sort of authority and, and distance. I think I think it should be Coleman personally. But if you dressed him as Coleman, Coleman, what do you think about this? Yeah, That'd be I think, rude, I, I think that kind of suits Coley. him. He's got that kind of sternness about him. Cookie. Cookies, his nickname, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know why? No, I don't. No, 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 no. not a clue. I thought you were going to tell us there. No, there's a revelation coming there. No. no, I don't know. Anyway, you mentioned Christmas. Um, I can often do your head in the thought of a lo- all, loads of football over Christmas because you're normally losing. No. Um, no, but if, if Sunderland win, you know, t- tomorrow you're going to want the games to come round quickly, aren't you? Even if you then do a trip up against Wolves and stuff. And I'm looking forward to the Christmas period in football this year. Yeah, I mean, well, like you say, the saying before we brought then the the opportunities winning the the game um, on Saturday presents is that you can go to Wolves with a different mentality. You can go to Wolves thinking get a result. You know, a point would be a point would be a good result there. But if you look on the back of a defeat, you know, and you, you you're low on points anyway. Boxing you know, Day is normally yeah, normally good crowd if you're at home. It's a shame we're not at well, home. That's what they need to carry that momentum all the way through, and you know, well, we've been all right away from home this season, to be fair. So no, I know, but I'm just you feel like it would help Coleman and the players if they do get that bumper crowd for one game, and New Year's and Bo- Day and Boxing Day is normally the one that where it comes along. But yeah, maybe there's just something about Boxing Day, wasn't it? That they always got the the forty plus crowds, and definitely even in the Championship level. Yeah, no, it did well Christmas presents in it. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for those tickets to the match. We beat so Leeds on ever. Boxing Day yeah. home one year, didn't we? David Connolly scored. That was that and Poyet. Was really um, yeah, he got sent off. Got didn't sent he? off for kicking the ball. He was the number two for Leeds. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he threw the ball on the pitch. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was one of the worst things I've ever seen in the stadium. Right. Um, I can remember yeah. Graham Anderson did a piece for the Echo on that after that game, actually saying that's why Gus Poyet will never be a, 
a successful manager and, and Roy Keane will and well, well half right yeah. <laughs> kind of but at the, t- at the certain time when Roy Keane wasn't working and Gus Poyard had a Premier League job it didn't look was, that, was, was it Dennis Wise managing Leeds he then? was Poyard yeah. was assistant yeah. that just seems ridiculous now yeah. like Dennis was sort of in the jungle now isn't he around, yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the... well Poyard's lost his job in China hasn't he so he maybe he'll go in the jungle next year that'd be good wouldn't it he, d- he did the old sort of Post Sunderland interview recently, didn't he? Another he kind of came out and said, "It's not my fault, you know. Someone else give me another job. No one can manage Sunderland." It always wind me up. Well, again, it's that whole there's something wrong. And to be Grayson said it actually. On I know he did an interview and, and he said the same thing about the you know there's there's something there that needs to change. But you know nobody nobody can say what it is. It's like well. How do you know it exists? Then, because you get, get, keep getting beat, there must oh, be something excuses. wrong. And that's why I like Coleman because he comes out banging his chest, doesn't he? And, well, let's see how let's see what happens in the next few weeks. What do we because... think about team selection? It's a given that the back five is going to be the same, isn't it? Oh, it has to be, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. How it's how it just got unchanged. I, st- oh, I still yeah. I still think Reuters okay as a keep. You know, I think, I think those <laughs> mistakes were, were ridiculous, but he, you know. The, I think he can improve, and I think it's it's been a mental thing with him. And you spoke him this week, um, didn't you, Phil? Yeah, yeah. I think he, he's one of the one of the smartest footballers I've ever come across. To be honest, and spoke really well about the errors, and just generally, and spoke about how he thinks Coleman can use him a little bit better in terms of he's used to sort of playing with his feet and bringing it out from the back a little bit. And but Oviedo will be happy because he. I thought I thought he, Matthews and Oviedo were both excellent. Oviedo was faultless, I think. Yeah, almost. I, th- I thought he struggled a little bit in the first half, and actually it was interesting being right next to the dugout at Burton because uh, Coleman was frustrated, shall we say, to, to put it very, very mildly in the first half with Oviedo because he got caught out a couple of times. But he came out for the second half and was an absolute. They were targeting Oviedo first half though, and, and that's why I say I'm saying faultless. And I'm, you know, yeah, he did make some mistakes, or wrong word to use. But I think what I was driving at is. It was clear that they were at him the first half, and they were targeting him for whatever reason. They must have thought if they're going to bring it out from the back, he's the one who's comfortable with the ball, and they're going to give it to him. And he the, the, he blocked his space off. But as you said, second half he came out. He was he, he was a menace. And I thought Matthews was excellent on the other flank, and I thought that made a huge difference. That someone had a couple of players who, when they got the ball in the back line, their first response wasn't just to hoof it. Um, I thought that made a big difference that they were relaxed enough and confident enough. Actually, I'm going to take the winger on or you know what, I'm just going to hold it for, for 10, 15 seconds. I thought it made a big difference, and that was a massive, massive positive for me out of last weekend's game. I mean, there's, an, there's an argument to say that Oviedo could possibly be the, the best player this season so far overall. And He's an been argument, the most consistent. Yeah, an, arg- and an argument to say that Matthews has been probably the, the surprise package of the season, uh, most improved player, I guess. Difficult to say most improved because he's only played twice before before this season for us um, and everyone probably thought Billy Jones was going to be, I know he's injured at the moment, but if he was fit, everyone thought, well, Billy Jones will be, you know, nailed on starter and Mr. Reliable when in reality he's been pretty poor this season. Mm-hmm. Um, very disappointing, really, because he thought he'd be able to hang your hat on him in the championship, but yeah, I think Matthews has been a real positive. I think Browning, you know, hasn't been horrific apart from his mistake against Forrest. And good to see him in there with O'Shea. I think that's a good partnership. You've got a young player looking to learn alongside the, you know, someone who can guide them through the games. Um, you know, but I'd be the only change I'd be. Te- I'd 
might try and think about getting uh, Gibson in it's it's some in in the midfield in in some capacity. Um, but at the expense of who? I know that's that's a difficult one. I mean, is con- it? There's an argument to say that McGeady could be dropped, and um, Honeyman go wide, and then Gibson in the middle, just there, on form. There is there is an opportunity for Gibson because Coleman. One of the first things he's changed is he's put that man in front of the defence, an anchor man, if you like, who doesn't not expected to to move much. He's got to sit there, protect the back four, and always be there to receive the ball from the back four. That's been a big theme, and it was Catmull on on Saturday, which is a little bit like how Poirier used Catmull. And that role, Gibson should be able to go in there and do it easily, because it doesn't really it, it kind of negates his, the problems he has with his athleticism. That shouldn't come into the game. What should come into the game is his passing range, which people always say is his strength. So he should, over the next month, for me, make that position his own. No question. It's up to him now. To, he to took him out the team it. after Villa, though, didn't he? He did. Um, I think that's. I think. I suspect that's more uh, playing twice in a week. Playing twice in a week. Yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, I would have thought, which obviously is going to be an issue over the festive period. But for me, there's a role there for Gibson. Okay, that should suit you. Go well, out can't and, all go come out, out the side if that happened? Do we think? I think so. Or you could move Honeyman into a. If you go into somewhere like Wolves, you could move Honeyman into a wide area, couldn't you? And push Catamore forward, and that would maybe give you a little bit more. I think you want Catamore playing, and yeah, I think you will try and ease Catamore out as, you know. Sunderland should have been done for the last five years. That's the same with O'Shea, you yeah. know. O'Shea should have been phased out a long, long but time I, I ago. But um, I do think he'll want them, uh, Catamol, for this for this game at the weekend. I, I think he'll want them, and just his experience. And he is oh. one player who, with the fan, if the fans do, I don't, I mean, I don't, as I said, I don't think the fans will turn tomorrow. Whatever happens at the <clears> weekend, sorry, whatever happens. But Catamol is one player who can who can handle that and forget about his ability for the moment. He's looking for character above anything else at the moment, and, um, and uh, he will ease him out towards the end of the, you know, as the season goes on. How, how many times have we written Lee Catamore off though, and then he's come back and been really good for us? And I hope that happens again. Really hope that happens again because I think you know he's been a good player for Sunderland when he hasn't been unlucky with his injuries, um, and I think you know he, you know you can't you can't argue that he. he Against the fact he goes out there and you know wears his heart in his sleeve and battles in games and he wants to do well he never hides when he makes a mistake and like Coleman was saying today that's really important and you're going to need people like that in the team who can have that mental strength. Um, I think with with Catamol, it's just been a little bit people have been running past him a bit too easily um, and he suffered as a result of that. Uh, but it'd be interesting when Don comes back as well. McNair, completely different option in there. The only option of that type of player we've got, really Rodwell should be a similar type of player to McNair, um, but obviously he's mentally struggling or from a football standpoint. It looks as though doesn't it really seem to can't seem to get himself right and to to compete in the team. So they've got some interesting midfield options, but at the weekend I think. Some people might think, "Oh, you drop McGeady." I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying I definitely drop McGeady. I'm just saying I might be a little bit in danger. I think second half against Millwall did all right, but generally he's been quite poor in the last few weeks. I think, and if Chris Coleman's looking there, you know where, where he's a cert, dead certain pick, go and do whatever you want under Simon Grace and McGeady, who's basically just given free rein to do whatever he wants. I don't think Coleman's going to give him that, and that could be an interesting thing to see develop over the next few months quietly confident for tomorrow 
tomorrow you mean saturday, saturday. i don't like tomorrow, tomorrow no. people might listen to it tomorrow yeah saturday yeah i'm talking to you guys the friday listeners i'm hugely confident i am as well i know it's gonna i'm gonna be sat in Dunkow <laughs> on saturday just thinking how about how have i done this to myself again how have i let myself think again but i'm hugely confident Speaking of the Dunkow, I was going to say, speaking of pubs. Yeah, yeah. Across the road from the Dunkow is the Peacock, where we will be before the game. Um, speaking with um, former Reading uh, Welsh international uh, in Sunderland, uh, John Oster. Yeah, ticks a lot of boxes. Was mates were calling yeah. back in the day. Drank cans yeah. in his house, he told us. Uh, played with him. Played for Reading as well, so you can speak about that. And he's a really good speaker as well, John. Yeah, so. Come down. Yeah, for about one ish. Enjoy us. A few offers and stuff like that on as well, and chance to win some. While the mood's good, stuff. before yeah, it gets yeah. bad again. Well, the, the early game, I think, on Saturday is Chelsea Newcastle, so you don't want to sit and watch that, do you? Well, I, whenever I watch Newcastle, they win. So if anyone else has that same experience, go to the yeah, Peacock. Don't, don't watch Newcastle. You need to question yourself. Well, just go to the Peacock anyway. You need to question yourself right. if you'd rather watch Newcastle than, than come yeah. and listen to a former son and play. You're obsessed. Chat about football. <laughs> yeah, stop being obsessed. But thanks for listening tonight. Wise Men Say, Sun FM Preview Show with Stephen Goldsmith and Gareth Barker. All things Sunderland.